Hello NRL fans and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namoski and welcome back to our Supercoach Instant Reaction podcast series. Today we'll be looking at the two, the two RFs, the second rowers of the, of the Supercoach game. So just a quick re, uh, recap there, we got a 12-man draft league for any of the rankings and grades I do give. We'll be looking at the top 20 uh, second rowers in the game, then we'll have our next six on the bubble and our six big risk plays. So today we'll start off with Jason Tomalolo from the Cowboys. Played 16 games last year for a 72 average. Current value, $641,700. I have him as a round one grade. And I've got him as the third second rower ranked for 2021. So with Tomalolo, I think it's going to be a very interesting season for him and the Cowboys. There were times last season with Paul Green where I think he was used in slightly the wrong way. For me, I think Tomalolo obviously will score a lot of points and make meters in normal NRL with just running up the middle and being a, a middle. But to me, I think the value is on the edge and trying to get him up against the smaller players on the field. Keeping his body as fresh and fit as possible. He had the calf injury at the end of the season. He's just one of those damaging ball runners if you... I don't mind starting the game in the middle to try and get a bit of impact there, but I think as the as the game progresses, getting into the edge and really lining up against some five eight and half backs is the way to utilize him. So I'm I'm really hoping Todd Payton there. Uh, they got some some good attacking players in Morgan, Drinkwater, Holmes around him. So I'm really hoping that we see a return to the damaging running from Tomalo. I think there are a couple of tries. So I'm really high on Tomalo this year. I've got him as the third second rower, but I think yeah. Definitely one to watch, and if you're in a in a draft comp, if you know pick seven eight and he's still there, it's a great captaincy option in classic, the six forty one. It's a very nice price to start with. It's one of the cheapest prices he has been at in a while. So I will start with Jason Tomalolo. I think I, I kind of wanted to go a bit cheaper in the in the second row, but for me, I'm just guaranteeing myself a seventy points every game, and with the potential again with some new attacking upside from Todd Payton the value for a century is there. So Jason Tomalolo, uh, the, the third second rower. Next on the list, we've got Ryan Madison from Parramatta Eels. Played 17 games last year for a 75 average. Current value of 666,000. I have him as a round one grade, and I actually have him as the top second rower in the game. So Ryan Madison, I think it's a couple of factors. Obviously, he's just so, such a good uh, ball player, such a good hole runner. There's just a lot of aspects to his game that I love. Very consistent. Had the one miss with concussion. But for me, I think just it's a consistent 70 no matter how Parramatta's playing. He's going to get the work in and get it done. 666,000, again, is very appealing. I'm going to start with Tom over Madison. But for me, it won't take me too long where I'll probably need to get on that train. And again, for me, I think if you're picking pick five or six and, you know, the couple of the the premium fullbacks aren't there or the hooker, you can easily go with Ryan Madison and be very happy with that. So definitely one, if I'm midway, you know, drafting number five, six, seven in my draft and your Tedesco's and your Cooks aren't there anymore, can be very happy with Madison there. Next on the list, we've got Karen McInnes from the Dragons. Current, uh, he's a, our first jewel. He's a currently a second row hooker. Played 18 games last year for a 67 average. Current value of $676,200. I have him as a round one grade in the second front rower. The jewel's just very appealing to me. I think he's going to get through a mountain of work. The news that he has moved over to the Sharks for next season, whether that does uh, 
factor in with some limited minutes or whether they play in my lock because they want to see who the next hooker is. I don't think what any of those outcomes, I don't think it's going to really affect him too much. I, the The minutes will be there. The point scoring ability will be there. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a lock there for me. Obviously I will try and target him as my hooker. Uh, but again, if you slot him into your second row and have the flexibility there for the buy rounds or of an injury, it's a very nice piece to have there. Next links were Angus Crichton from the Roosters. Played 13 games last year for a 76 average. Current value is $670,500. I was a round two grade and second rower number four. So Angus Crichton's an interesting one. Did run off the hip of Kyle Flanagan last season when he was in on the on the field. Damaging, scored a lot of tries, also had a couple of assists. The tackle breaking is there, the offloading is there. He's just putting his game all together. He's one of the most complete second rowers in the game. 670,000. I'm not going to start with Angus Crichton. For me, I think it'll be one where I'm kind of hoping Roosters go off to a bit of a slower start and then you can pick him up at a bit cheaper price and then kind of ride him when he gets in a bit of form. Uh, but for me, he's just a classic uh, round two grade for me in my draft comp. For me, I think if you're kind of doing the turn around pick nine, if you can pick up a, you know, potentially you might just go, I just want to go points and points. You can go Ryan Madison and Angus Crichton back-to-back picks. That would be lovely. That's just locking in 150 points a game. So there's just, he's one of those guys on the turn of the first round when you're into that second round. It's going to really solidify your team if you can get him. Okay, the next on the list were David Fafita from the Gold Coast Titans. Played nine games last year for a 64 average. Current value of $569,900. I have him as a round three grade as the fifth second rower. Bit of an unknown for David Fafita. I've obviously really high on the Titans this year, and I think Fafita's going to have a huge season. That I've His floor to me is around the 10th second rower, I think depending on how they want to attack, whether they just want to go really through the middle with their forwards and then kind of shift. Or they just go, look, let's put Tino on an edge and Fafita on an edge and let's just get going. I can see both ways. The the ceiling is the first, second roller in the game. He can really score a try. He's just got that tackle-breaking ability. He's got You saw in the Cowboys game in the second game of the season last year, wrong-footing Valentine Holmes on the run to score a try. It's just all there for him. 569,000, I will start with him. I'm going to go heavy with Tom Lolo and Fafita in the second row. Um, it's one that I don't think I'll move off too far. I think I just want to lock him in. The 569, I think that's as low as you're going to get him for the season. And with a draft, again, if you kind of just want to, if the piece is four to you and you just want to go three second rowers to start your draft and go, a Tomlin or Madison, a Crichton and a Fafita, if that's the way you can play it out, then why not? But again, if you take some big risks and try and pick, you know, the fullbacks and the halfbacks and the five eights early, and then come in with a Fafita or with the second or third pick, then that's another way to do it too. I don't think there's too many wrong ways to do it. Next list, we've got Patrick Carrigan from the Broncos. Played 19 games last year for a 67, a 67 average. Current price of $591,700. I've as around five to six grade and the thirteenth second rower. This is probably my most controversial opinion to me. I think Pat Carrigan will have a bit of a regression. I think Kevin Walters is going to try and play and attack in a certain way. Pat Carrigan is a workhorse and gets through the work. Hasn't really showed the ability to ball play or to really be a creative middle like a Jake Trevojevic. I think that's the next piece to his game. 
I could definitely see the minutes. I'd want to see them, you know, not try and burn him into the ground. Just like, obviously, they've got someone like a John Asiata who's coming over in the offseason, I think, can take a good little 15-minute stint off him and really give him the same thing with a bit more ball-playing ability. But again, if you're getting a player with an upside like Carrigan in round five or six, I think that's probably, under on my part, it probably should be a three or a four. But to me, I just think that there's going to be better options. And in terms of your draft, it's just, you've got to kind of pick... There's two ways you can build your draft team. You can do it in, this is my boom guy, and I'm going to be happy if he gets me 110, but I'll ride the 30 as well. Or for a a forward or a second rower, you just kind of want to punch out that consistent 60. To me, there's a chance that that 60 may not be there, even though he went very close to a 70 last year. I just just want to kind of see it first before I invest any draft capital or um, any salary cap from my classic team. So it's one that I want to keep an eye on. Happy to be wrong. I think he's a great young player. But for me, I just, yeah, that ball-playing ability, I can't, with John Asiata now coming into the team, I could really see them, you know, especially in the game where they need to score some points. Might give Carrigan a break. Asiata comes on. Carrigan might play a different role. So, one to watch there. Next on this got Jake Javoyevich from the Manly Seagulls. Played 20 games last year for a 66 average. Current value, $582,500. of him as a round four grade as the sixth second rower. I think Jake is going to get back to what he does best. To me, the... He got a little bit in two minds last season. It was either passing the ball for the line and trying to be the ball player or just taking the hit-ups. There wasn't there wasn't many games where he was kind of doing both and really trying to keep the defensive line in two minds. I think having his brother at the back will really help him. It does give a very good threat to where the teams will just look at Tom and always want to attract to him. And that's where Jay can really put his, stick his nose through the offensive line and try and get the offload away or just put his foot down and try and power through. I think... Himself, Cherry Evans, and Tom Travojevich is really going to just obviously be the backbone of this manly attack as it has been the last couple of seasons. And I think there will be a bounce back. The 582, I think there is room for growth there. I think, you know, the way that manly can play, he can really crack into the sevens. And as a round four grade, I think the the allure of Jake Travojevich, someone will go as high as a round two grade on him. And I will let that person take that risk. But for me, if he could drop into a three or a four, if the, the way I kind of build my draft, then it's a very good pick. And again, I'm very high on Manly this season to bounce back. And I think Jake Javorovic is going to be one of those players at the end of the season. If they do go well, it's going to be for that reason. Next on the list, we've got Tino, big Tino from the Titans. Dual front row, second row. Played 19 games for 57 average. Current value, 504k. He's currently around 4 to 5 grade. I've got him as a 7th second rower. To me, we spoke in the forwards pod. He's just one of those guys where off the bench for so long last season, so many other great forwards in that Melbourne team, and still able to stand out and nearly score a 60. Just super coach gold, I think, in the making. First full season, I want to see it. Going to have him in the team somewhere, obviously, with that jewel, it's very flexible. And especially from a draft uh, perspective, you know, the jewels early on that are big point scorers just helps you so much flexibility in your team, especially covering injuries, suspension, buy rounds. So Tino is definitely going to be one that I could see going very high. I could see someone, you know, really wanting to like lock in a Dave feeder Tino combo and try and get that locked in within the first three rounds. Uh, but then, you know, someone might look at it and go, look, I haven't seen him play a full season. Let me, let me see what it is. He's obviously going to have origin duties again this season. So the potential for a slight drop in the rounds is there. I think he'll go around four personally, and that would be me taking him if he was there in round four. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes there. Next on the list, we've got Jai Arrow from the Bunnies. Played 18 games last year for a 54 average. 
current value four hundred seventy-four thousand nine hundred dollars. I've got him going in round five to six as the tenth front rower. So Jai, and you know what? Let, let's throw in the next man who is slightly. I've got him as a really low down this year for me. It's Cam Murray, also from the Bunnies. Played 20 games for a 68 average last year. Current value, $599,700. I have awesome going in round five and six. I've got him as the 15th second rower. So I guess they're kind of tied at the hip for me. Where each of them play, I think Cam Murray is an out-and-out lock. The, the ability to try, try and punch through the line, get the quick play of the ball the little offload around the ball, even in support he's there. I think Jai Arrow, you brought him in. You're not going to stick Jai Arrow on an edge. I think Jai Arrow is either going to play prop, which I don't see because obviously they've got Junior Tola and Burgess there. I think Kimari's going to go to the edge. I think they're going to try and get in there and really utilize Kim on the on an edge. Maybe lining up with Cody Walker, my former good partnership. But for me, I think it's just going to take away from what Kimari does best, those tired forwards around the middle. Great little footwork in a passing game. But Jai Arrow for me is the story. I think he's on a... That 474000 is just cheap as chips for him. Jai Arrow in a competitive team where he's not the only four you have to bull rush. You know, he could easily get back up to a 60-65 average. I'm really high on Jai Arrow this year. Really hoping he falls to around five because then I'll be able to snap him up. I can't... I think the way I'm building my draft as we kind of go through and I'm looking at these prices for the first time... I think I really want to build in my second row nice and early. Within my first six rounds, I kind of want to lock in my, my three second rowers. And I just want to kind of go, you know, if I can just bank every week and get 180 out of my second rowers, then, you know, and that's that's on a, on an average day, factor in a potential try or a line break. I think just that's the safest play. So right now, just obviously talking through, we're going to have a big pod before the season starts uh, with how my draft went, how I kind of shaped it. Um, but for me, Jai Arrow, big green tick. Cam Murray, need to see it first. If he if he does line up on the Cody Walker side, that does intrigue me a little bit. But again, just he, he's he's money and he's he's just money when he's around the middle of the field, tired forwards, the footwork. He's not going to be there this season. So let's see what happens there. Next list got Tohu Harris from the Warriors. Played 20 games for a 69 average last year. Current value is 613k. Got him going around four to five as the eighth second rower. So for me, Tohu is an interesting one. Obviously, lines up in the on an edge in the team sheets. Where I played a lot of middle last year. Just gets through a ton of work. Tohu, he's just one of those players that won't let you down. Very similar. If you can get him as your second front rower, you're just guaranteeing yourself some points. For me, this season the Warriors, I love their team this year. Bit forward heavy. I think Bailey Sirenin coming over. Obviously got Kane Evans, Murdoch Masilla, Avenor Blake. There's just a lot. Of, and then you obviously got Lisa Armao coming back. Jess Tavunga still got to be in there somewhere. At least Sekatoa broke out. A lot of forwards. So I, I don't think he's going to hit 80 minutes every week. I think there'll be potential for 80. But I think more around that 70, 70 mark. So I think, you know, still playing great stuff. The, the 613. Not going to touch that at the start of the season. I kind of want to try and see that maybe dip a little bit. Hopefully he gets a couple of games where he doesn't get that many minutes. And you can kind of drop that into the mid-fives. Then I might be interested to jump back on him. But again, Tohu's just one of those guys. Every season, I don't pick him up in my draft. I don't have him in super coach. And, you know, just one of those players that you kind of just want to have in your team to root for. So definitely looking for him this year uh, in a draft in Classic. I'll, I'll wait on. Next list, we've got Isaiah Yo from the Panthers. Played 19 games last year for a 69 on average. 
current value, $612,600. I've got him as around 7 to 8 grade as a 16th second rower. So for me, obviously, the duel, losing the duel this year, he was a center last year, and that was everyone in Classic had him in, the, in there. If you had him in draft, you were cheering. It was an extra second row. He was basically had him in there who averaged a 70. I think the Panthers, as we spoke about Fisher-Harris, and we will later in this podcast as well, to me, it's just one of those ones where... I just don't... I want to see, I want to kind of see how the Panthers choose to attack this year. I think they've got so much strike out wide. They've got a couple of forwards that I think will less than a minute after a big season last year. He will be playing Origin and you would suspect. There's just a couple of things. The 612,000, I'm not going to go near it at the start. Kind of, again, similar to Harris. I want to kind of see the minutes. I want to see how, how they structure their play. And in the draft, I think, you know, there's going to be some... People won't see the center. And Isaiah Yeo has never really been a, a fancy name. So if he, for me, if he drops down to a 7 or an 8 and you can grab him as your as your second or third front rower, absolutely cheering. But for me, I'm not going to really look at him. If he's there and my big board, you know, and, you know, your t- player's coming off the board and he's just sitting there, it's going to be very intriguing, especially, like, you know, even as high as around five when you go, okay, look, there's a player here that's just going to score your points, grab it. But for me, I'll try and wait on a little bit and try and see if someone's going to leave him on the board for you to take. Next on the list, we've got uh, Viliama Kikau from the Panthers. Played 17 games last year for a 61 average. Current value of $541,400. Got him as a round 7 grade as the 14th second rower. Again, similar to Isaiah Yo. For me, it's just going to be, let me let me see how you play at the start of the season. I do like the idea of stacking the Panthers' left edge. Luai, Kikau, Crichton, and To'o. I think to me it's very appealing, especially if they do start all guns blazing. I'm going to start with three of them. I'm going to start with uh, Luai, Crichton, and To'o. I'm not going to start with Kikau. I kind of want to see it first. The 541 is a nice price. They've got it right in that sweet spot, I think, where your down Kikau games are going to be right around there. But your high ones obviously be able to make some money on that. So I've got him as round seven, but again, if I if I do choose to stack the left edge, I'll have to probably go a bit sooner than that. But it's definitely want to be one of those upside plays. If you can get Kikau at a nice draft position, then you'll be cheering. Next on the list, we've got Alex Twile from the Tigers, dual front row, second row. Played 12 games last year for a 57 average. Current value, $505,700. Got him as a round 5 grade as the 11th second rower. To me, again, similar to Tino, just just a dual. It's it's very appealing. $505,000, again, uh, it's, I just want to see the Tigers. I think there will be some Tigers that will be... Uh, attack proof from where I think this team's really going to stagnate. I think some of the forwards are really just going to make money and make points. Twal may be one of them. I think for me, probably target him around round three to bring him in in classic if the if the the performance is there. From a draft perspective, definitely one I'll kind of look forward to maybe start as one of my front rowers if I miss out on some of my on some of the ones I really like. But again, just a wait and see there. Next list, Raymond Fatala Mariner from the Bulldogs. Played 20 games last year for a 59 average. Current value, $520,000. Good was around 7 to 8 grade. And the 18th second rower. So, Fatula Mariner, one on at, in our draft comp last year, was on the waivers. Anyone could have had him. And when the Bulldogs started, and he just started trucking and get, averaging 70 at some stages during the season, it was just one of those ones you just wish you had. The 520,000 for me, I think there are some better options. 
uh, at that value. So Warren Tottenham in a classic. In a draft as your third, second rower, you could definitely see the appeal in that. So again, one of the ones I kind of want to wait on a little bit later. And that's exactly the same with our next guy here, Curtis Siren from the Manly Seagulls. Played any games last year for a 61 average. Current value, $536,400. Again, got him at round 7 to 8 as the 17th second rower. So very similar to Fartula Mariner there. He's only sitting on Cherry Evans here, but there's going to be points potential. For me, I just want to kind of see how Manly start the season. I've got him around the 8. I just want to see Turbo fit. If he's fit, then all of a sudden the sweep plays. Cherry Evans short to Sirenen. A lot of appeal in it. Again, we'll be targeting him as my third, second rower in the later rounds, just to kind of see if someone isn't as high. Next on the list, we've got Luke Thompson from the Dogs. Dual front row, second row. Played 18 games last year. Sorry, played 10 games last year for a 51 average. Current value, $451,800. Round 7 grade. He's the 20th second rower for me. Spoke about him in the front row pod, just all over Luke Thompson this year. All the factors that led him into, and you know what, a 51 for someone who just came over would be good enough, but obviously the pandemic, the homesickness, all those type of things just factor into it. I think a better Bulldogs team this year, there's going to be so much potential for him. Really want to see Trent Barrett, an offensive-minded coach. Really would love to see Luke Thompson go into that Isaiah Yo role from the Panthers last year, just sniffing around that middle, taking some runs, offloading. All over Luke Thompson. Definitely one I'm going I'm to try and target. Haven't been classic. Got to try and draft him. All over it. Next on the list, we got Victor Radley from the Roosters. Dual hooker second row. Played seven games last year for a 50 average. Current value, 445,500. Got him as a round 7 to 8 grade. And the 19th second rower. Spoke about him in our hookers comp. In our hookers pod. That's where I would be drafting him. I think all the value is there as the hooker. I think there are some better second row options. Again, if you go home as your third second rower, then you won't be too disappointed. But for me, if you just really want to wait on hooker, if you see him come back and, he, and that Roosters team is firing and you can lock him in as your hooker and he's back to playing 80 minutes and creating the shape that the Roosters need around the middle, especially with Tedesco running off him, then you need to jump all over it. But definitely going to be one. Could see him get really overvalued. Someone could just look and go, look, you know, Roosters were shit without him. Really need him to come back into his team here. I could see that. I could see the appeal there. Me personally, just want to see how this Roosters team plays. Want to see him, Trent Robinson, bring him back in. I could definitely see kind of bring him back in slowly. You got someone like a Isaac Liu on the bench. I could definitely see them easing him back in and not wanting to kind of rush him there. Next on the list, we got Tyson Frazell from the Knights. Played 20 games last year for a 63 average. Current value $556,300. Comes around 5 to 6 grade. Uh, the 12th second rower. So for me, Tyson Frizzell, a big win moving from the Dragons to the Knights. That's what I thought. Now, the more I kind of look at this, he's going to, I think he's going to be on the Mitchell Pierce side. You know, Ponga sweeping potentially out the back. Frizzell might be able to get some offloads. There's like, I'd, I was really high on Frizzell. Had him as high as the fifth second row as I started looking at it. The more and more I look at it, again, we'll talk about it in my Knights pod. Had him really high at the start. I've kind of dragged him back a little bit to the pack now. Definitely someone that you could bring in. To me, 
I think he's going to be no higher than your second front row. I don't think you can start with him as your lead second rower. Definitely a good, nice complimentary piece. But for me, I'm going to kind of steer clear from Tyson. Unless he really falls in a draft league and I can kind of get some value, I'm not going to touch him in a classic. I'm not going to use a high draft pick on him. What I want to see, again, there's going to be some teams where you just going to kind of need to watch the first three to four weeks to kind of get a feel for how they're going to play, who are they keying in and attack. Definitely for one for me is the Knights and Tyson Frizzell is going to be the first player on that list. To round out our top 20, we've got Nathan Brown from the Eels. Played 16 games last year for a 66 average. Current value, $580,800. Have him as a round 5 grade as the nice second rower. So he just gets through work, Nathan Brown. It's simple as that. When he's on the park, doesn't play 80 minutes, but when he's on the park, always running, always tackling. For me, he's just one of those players that if you lock him in, he's going to get the job done. You could even really start him as your best second rower. I would love it if you can get him as your second. But if you started with him as your first, again, it's a minimum 120 as a cap. You can really bank that. With the classic 580,000, no, there's better there's better options at better prices, or you can pay a premium to get a bit more value. So I won't go near him in a classic, but in a draft, if he's there, definitely we'll look to pick him up. All right, we'll just run through these next two groups very quickly. So obviously the next six players to watch. Spoke about a couple of them already. So Jazz Tavanga, Fisher Harris, and Josh Maguire. Already spoke about them uh, in the hooker in the front row pod. Options, around seven to eight grades on all of them just to kind of finish your second or third second rower. Next on the list, we've got Joe Tarpany from the Raiders. Played 18 games for a 62 average last year. Current value... $548,300. I have him as around 7 to 8 grade as well. To me, it's, again, just want to see how Canberra plays their minutes with all the fours they have to try and accommodate. Tarpany really burst on and solidified his spot last season. But again, there's just so many moving pieces now. Corey Horsberg and Magula back. Soliola back. Ryan James coming in. Got Ryan Sutton. There's just a couple of players there, Hudson Young. Just There's a couple of players where I kind of just want to see how all the the minutes fit. Mitch Barnett is next. Played 12 games for a 61 average, $543,300. Round 7 8 grade as well. Again, another one who just gets through minutes, but similar to Tyson Frizzell. Just want to see the attack of Newcastle, see how they're all gelling together and what type of season it's going to be for them. And the last player on the bubble list is Kenny Bromwich. Played ending games for 52 average. Current value, $461,100. Got him going as round 8+. plus. To me, this is just a play if you want to stack the Melbourne left side. So if you want to go Munster, Bromwich, Olam, and Addo Carr. He's just one of those players. He'll get he'll get a 50. He's going to get the work done. He'll get a 50. Maybe he'll crash over from a short ball from Munster. Lay on a ball for Olam. There's just nice options. Definitely for me, gonna be the he'll be the, my third second row. I kind of want to target uh, if I can stack the Melbourne and the Panthers side. Happy days if I can get one of them, great. And obviously we'll be looking to trade to make that happen if needed. So our six big risk players already spoke about uh, Tavita Pengai Jr. in the front row pod. Obviously, and uh, the ceiling of a 70-75, but just can he stay on the field with injury suspension and off-field incidents? Let's just see how that goes. And just running through the these last ones, I won't go through the the values or the averages, but I just want to mention them. Luciano Lua from the Tigers, again, 
It's the Tigers. Just need to see how that's going to go. Played really well last season. Really good attacking stats. But I just want to see how this team plays, especially now with some of their key attacking pieces out. Just want to see, can he still really attack and create at the same pace? Alicia Katoa is next from the Warriors. For me, this is, again, similar to Tohu. Just a lot of moving pieces with this Warriors forward pack. Just want to see how they all blend together. I actually really like Alicia Katoa. I think going to be one of the top scoring forwards in the comp. It's just, for me, that's if he's on the field. Just, you know, I just want to see. He doesn't, I'll make sure he wants to stay in favour with Nathan Brown. He has had, in the past, some players who fall out of favour with him. So I just want to make sure Elisa is not one of them. Britton Nakora next from the Sharks. For me, it's just that battle with uh, Talakai to see who's going to get that second row. With the reports that Sean Johnson might be back from injury from round four or five, very appealing to have one of those Sharky second rollers running off Sean Johnson, super especially now coming off the Achilles. You think he'd be more dominant passing this season. So Nakora or Talakai, whoever has the second row, Nakora will start with uh, Talakai being out at the start. So definitely one layer in your draft, even maybe as a bench spot, just pick him up and see what he does in those first couple of rounds. Might be a decent trade piece. Dale Finucane next from the Storm. For me, this one is just solely about how they're going to manage Brandon Smith. I I see them possibly playing Brandon at 13 to keep him on the field and be happy. Dale Finucane might move into that middle rotation and be a be a prop. But again, he's been a base stat god for years. Obviously, slow, it's starting to slow down a little bit now. Still punching out a 55 from last season. But just want to see how Brandon uh, may affect his score. And the last player on the list to talk about, Sean Lane from the Parramatta Eels. Average of 60 last year. Forms nice partnerships on his edge. But again, just a bit of inconsistent play last season. There was, he did get dropped for a couple of games. I just want to see, I think someone will go really high on Sean Lane. I could see him going as high as around four. Uh, just seeing, you know, the, the what he has done when he's on the field. But it's about if he can stay on the field for me. So I won't be going near Sean Lane, but I could definitely see myself later in the season pick him up if the value is there or trying to draft and trade for him. And that'll do it for the second rowers, guys. Thanks for listening. Next, we got our last podcast of this series. We got the centers, the all-important centers. So thanks for listening, guys. Really hope that you can guys can uh, go on Facebook and Instagram and like the page at the NRL Rewind. Trying to get as many followers and listeners as we can. The podcast is doing great. Uh, thanks for all listening. Uh, hoping we can just keep pushing out content for you guys. And if there's anything that you want to, you know, hear or you want me to deep dive a little bit more, uh, send like, get on there, subscribe, like, send me a message. We can talk about it on the pod. Uh, but thanks for listening, guys. We'll come back soon with the last pod and have a great day. Cheers.